listening to the Fitness Matters Podcast with Paula B, and this is episode number 23. Hello, hello, and happy Sunday, or happy whatever day it is that you're listening to the podcast, my friends. Whatever day you are listening to it, it is a great day to listen to the Fitness Matters Podcast, because you know what? Every week we talk about the fitness matters that matter to you. And today, today I know this one matters and it might have even been something that's been on your mind lately. You know, well, I mean, maybe not even lately. Maybe this is something that's been on your mind ever. I know that this is a phrase that has really come into popularity within the past couple of years and it's something that I have touched on kind of briefly on at least one other episode, but I wanted to devote an entire episode to talking about self-care because I think I think that sometimes we tend to think of self-care as being very physical, you know, taking bubble baths, polishing our nails, doing things that help us feel relaxed. I think, personally, I think that the phrase self-care is kind of synonymous in people's minds with relaxing. And I think that that is such an interesting way to to describe it. Because, honestly, the way that I think about self-care is is its true definition of caring for yourself. And relaxing is absolutely one of the ways that you might care for yourself, but it's definitely not the only way to care for yourself. In fact, there are some there are some very active <laughs> ways that you can care for yourself and show yourself self-care. The other thing that I think that it tends to be maybe not as synonymous as it should be. I I think that self-care is very synonymous with self-love and that's not necessarily the way that people take it. Again, if you are thinking really specifically about relaxing, you know, putting on makeup or doing your hair or or caring for yourself that way, that doesn't automatically translate into self-love. And so what I wanted to do today, I mean, today is actually, it's, it's a list. One of the most practical episodes I think I've ever recorded. It's kind of funny. You can hear it in my voice. I'm like, wait, what? We're just, we're just making a list. But these are, these are my self-care tips. And, and some of them, some of them might be really obvious to you. And some of them might be slightly less obvious. I've broken it down into two different sections. There's physical self-care. And then, I mean, you know, it's the Fitness Matters podcast. We talk about mindset around here. You know, I've got mental self-care tips for you also. The physical self-care tips, not necessarily your, your typical relax, although that is one of the tips. It's not the only thing. And in fact, while I was making this list, it occurred to me that this list is is really rather synonymous with either weight loss or weight maintenance. And you know, we talked about this somewhat recently. I am I am absolutely body positive. I am very much so about loving your body at any size, at any weight, at any anything. But I'm also very pro healthy body weight. And I found it very interesting when I was thinking about taking care of your physical self, how, how so many of those things are related to being healthy and, and being a healthy weight, but being healthy in general. 
so the I'm haven't numbered them, so I'm counting real quick. The, the six things that I have for you on the physical self-care list are eating foods that feel good tomorrow. And we're going to come back and talk about all these. I'll just go through the list really quick. Drinking water, sleeping, exercising regularly, resting and recovering, and managing your stress. And yes, you've heard me talk about all of those things anytime that we have talked about maintaining or losing weight. Because, because being a healthy body weight is part of your physical self-care. But that doesn't mean that you can't take care of yourself physically at, at whatever weight, that's that's not where I'm going with this. the The list of things, it's not about it's not about getting somewhere and then stopping. These are ongoing tasks. Self care is not something that you do once, or I mean, it's not something that you do once in a while. Self care is something that we can do every single day for ourselves. So number one, eating foods that feel good tomorrow. I was going to say eat healthy foods, and I got to be honest, that's that's not always the best way to take care of yourself. I think that your, your eating habits have space in them, no matter what your goals are, whether you are trying to lose weight, maintain weight, whatever. I think that there is room in your eating for treats. I think there is room in your eating for super healthy foods. I think there is room in your eating for foods that that might be healthy or might not be, but we're not really sure. I think there's room for everything. But the thing that I frequently think of when I am deciding whether or not eating this particular food feels like self-care is I ask myself, is this going to feel good tomorrow. And sometimes not even tomorrow. Sometimes is this going to feel good later? Because oftentimes food food sounds great right now or eating something because I am feeling stressed out or anxious or whatever seems like a good idea, but it doesn't always feel good tomorrow. Eating and I mean I'll go ahead and throw this out there. Drinking, specifically like drinking alcohol, ending your night with a glass or five of wine, might not feel good tomorrow. So, you know, sometimes people talk about, and I'm not going to get, I do have some opinions about drinking alcohol. I don't drink alcohol. I know lots of times people talk about, you know, oh, I relaxed with a glass of wine and that felt like such nice self care. But I'm going to ask you, does that always feel good the next day? Sometimes, and this is actually why I stopped drinking, is it didn't feel good the next day. That it was fun or relaxing while I was drinking. Again, just like the foods that I eat sometimes. It tastes good while I'm doing it. But then later, I don't love the choice that I made. My, my personal opinion is that being able to ask yourself that question, is this going to feel good afterwards, is a really important part of self-care. And it's actually something that we're going to talk about a little bit more deeply in the mental self-care section of our podcast today. But, but for right now, for physical self-care, eating foods and drinking things that feel good later is number one. 
And it's funny because I started, I didn't actually mean to make these like in a priority list, but as I was going through it, I'm like, no, it, food is life. I mean, it is, it is literally the first thing we do as soon as we are born. And it's something that we spend a lot of our lives doing is eating and fueling and nourishing ourselves. So it really is probably the most important part of your physical self-care is to think about how you are fueling yourself with food and drink. And that's why number two is drinking water, my friends. You know, if you have been around the Fitness Matters podcast, I almost said the Let's Run podcast because I said that for so many years. But if you have been around the Let's Run and or Fitness Matters podcast, you have probably heard me talk about how I struggle to drink enough water. And this is something that I, I'm really thinking of not as something I have to do, something I should do, something that's helping me lose weight, something that feels like a chore. As soon as I started reframing it as caring for myself, it actually became a lot easier because I want to care for myself. I mean, this is this is something I do on purpose. I, I give myself self-care as as a sign of self-love and self-respect. And as soon as I framed it like that, it became easier for me. And it's something that I'd like you to think about. If you struggle with eating healthy foods or drinking enough water or any of the things on this physical self-care list, ask yourself what, what that means to you. Why, why you might struggle with caring for yourself in this way. So ever since I started thinking about it as something that I do for myself, not for some external reason, not because I have to, not because I should, not because it's good for this or that result, but simply as an act of self-care, it has become so much easier for me to do. Number three is sleeping. <laughs> which is, this is such an ironic thing to say today specifically, not, not in general. In general, I'm a very good sleeper. Sleeping is not something that I have traditionally found very difficult, but I tell you what, the last couple of weeks and even just the last couple of days, I am struggling with my sleep. And I'm, I'm very curious if this is a menopause, perimenopause thing, if it's something that's going on with me right now because I have, well, because I have a couple things going on. Number one, I have some some lofty business goals. And so I do find myself laying in bed sometimes thinking about, about business and what I'm going to do tomorrow and being productive and all that kind of stuff. But I'm also currently losing weight and I've realized the last couple of days that when I am laying down to go to bed, I'm not super tired um, to the point where I am actually laying in bed for half hour, 45 minutes, an hour or more trying to go to sleep, which is not common for me at all. And so I've been considering, and let me back up a little bit. I, because I am losing weight, I am exercising less than I used to. I am moderating my exercise. And I'm at the point right now where I think it's time for me to bump up a teeny tiny bit that I think I need, that my moderate has become too moderate, that it's time to take it just a half a little scoochy notch up a little in order to be able to sleep better. Sleep and exercise are very intimately related. You need to be 
just tired enough to be able to go to sleep, but not so exhausted that you can't. Um, and that's why exercise is number is the next one here. But let me continue on with the sleeping just super quick. But in addition to having trouble falling asleep, I am having the most vivid and bizarre dreams the last couple of nights. And it's super interesting to me because Fitbit keeps telling me if you have a Fitbit, you know, I mean, maybe you don't check every morning. I love to wake up in the morning and check how I sleep, how I slept last night. <laughs> I don't know why, but that one just fascinates me because I very frequently have this idea like, oh my gosh, I woke up so exhausted from these bizarre dreams. And then Fitbit is giving me this sleep score of like 87 like, oh, you had a great night's sleep. And it's, I've noticed that it's because I had a lot of REM sleep, which I'm assuming is when you dream. I did not look that up. Do not take that as a fact. I don't know for sure. But I have found it to be not very restful. And I actually, in that vein, with checking my sleep on Fitbit, I have noticed that I get a lot of very light sleep and I don't get a lot of deep or REM sleep that most, I mean, and I mean, it's always supposed to be most, but I have rather significantly over what they consider the benchmark for women my age. I have, I sleep much more lightly and I never knew that. I had no idea. But the other thing that's going on really specifically, not just the weird and vivid dreams the last couple of nights, but the last couple of weeks, my cat Rosie is getting elderly. I mean, she's 15. She's going to be 16 like next month or yeah, soon. And, um, she's, she's just an old cat and she has taken, she can't jump like she used to. And she can't eat dry food like she used to. She's lost a lot of teeth. I mean, she's just this super old cat and she seems like she's in relatively good health. I mean, I, we're, we're going to get to the point rather sooner than later that we're going to have to make a decision. But, but she's, she's good enough most of the time, but she is having troubles. And so I'm finding myself sleeping very lightly because she will wake me up and ask for help getting food. She'll ask for help even like to jump up on the bed to sleep with me. She's just she's meowing a lot is really what it comes down to. And I think that's why, that's why I'm sleeping so lightly. And it's why I'm sleeping kind of poorly is I'm getting up in the night to feed my cat. It feels like having a baby again. Oh my gosh. In so many ways. Anyways, but it's something that I am really working on because I'm like, okay, you know, as this act of self-care, this act of self-love, if I'm struggling with sleep right now, I mean, it's making things very difficult. I'm not feeling as rested. I'm not feeling as alert. I'm, I'm waking up a little groggy and it's, it's rough. And so I'm actively searching for ways right now to really help myself with sleeping better because, because it is a, such an important part of self-care. You know, your body, your body has to rest in order to perform at its peak. And I'm totally getting ahead of myself. So let me, let me just go there. So the next one is exercising well, but the one after that is recovering well as all as, as well. It is, they're all so, so intricately related. 
that none of these things exist in a vacuum. You know, you have to exercise enough to sleep well. You have to sleep well to be able to exercise. You have to fuel yourself with good food that feels good tomorrow for your workout tomorrow in order to be able to exercise. You need to drink enough water to be able to exercise. But when you exercise, you have to refuel. You have to rehydrate. It all really works in together. I mean, we talked about this when we talked about boosting your immunity somewhat recently, about all the spinning plates, about finding that exact right balance between all of these factors. For me, exercising regularly is something that comes very easily. I mean, thank goodness this is not something that I struggle with. But as I mentioned with my sleep, I'm figuring out exactly how much is the right amount of exercise. I want to exercise moderately because I have a weight loss goal, but I want to exercise enough for my body to feel the right amount of tired. But in that vein, when you exercise enough, you don't just need to sleep, you also need to recover. And this is something that I have, again, somewhat historically struggled with is recovery activities, things like self-massage, things like meditation, things like taking time for myself in a, a physical way. Specifically with self-massage is the one that I think about the most frequently. I, I love to make time for the foam roller, but I don't always make time for the foam roller. I've noticed in the past couple of weeks that because I'm not running such long miles anymore, I'm not exercising as vigorously anymore, that I have very unintentionally backed off of my recovery activities. And it's so interesting how, how all it takes is one little nudge on any one of these self-care activities to kind of throw the balance off. And so I've been focusing again on recovery activities, specifically getting on the foam roller every day. It doesn't take a lot of time to take a little bit of self-massage. You might also prefer stretching as, as your recovery activity of choice. It Honestly, this is, I mean, I can make recommendations. I totally prefer the foam roller because I don't enjoy stretching as much as I enjoy the foam roller, but I know lots of people feel the other way around. It's not about you have to do one thing or another thing. It is about spending the time on recovery and doing things that are specifically good for your body, good for yourself, good for your physical self-care. And the other thing, and this really does seg from mental into physical, but it's managing your stress. And specifically as it pertains to physical self-care, this is what I was talking about, about finding that exact right amount of exercise and not doing any more than that, but also not doing any less than that. Managing your physical stress is, I mean, it's always ongoing. It's paying attention to being a little bit tired, a little bit sore, a little bit overworked and backing off. Or the other, if you're feeling not, not mentally thinking to yourself, gee, I'm not doing enough, but if you are finding yourself struggling to sleep or not feeling that exact right amount of tired from your physical exertion, it's making sure that you're managing how much physical exertion, how much physical stress 
managing your stress because you are managing your self-care how much physical stress you are putting on yourself each day a little bit of stress is good for you it's why i always say manage your stress i don't automatically assume that you need to reduce your stress i know i know oftentimes we do think of stress as bad but stress physical stress specifically but even mental stress physical stress is how we get stronger it's why we work out i mean exercise is stress and then our bodies adapt to that, build muscles, build bones, build heart and lung airways that didn't exist before, they get better because of the physical stress that we put ourselves through. But because we tend to think of stress as being mental, let's go ahead and talk about mental self-care. You guys, you guys, you know that the number one thing on my list is setting goals. I mean, I do not think that you're going to be surprised by this. Again, longtime listeners of the Fitness Matters slash Let's Run podcast, you have heard me talk about setting goals so, so often. Let me go through the list and then, and then we'll talk about each of them individually. But I personally feel like the number one priority is setting goals. Number two is honor your word to yourself and others. Number three, which I've, I had a harder time prioritizing these, truly. These, these all feel like number one to me, but number three is forgiving yourself. Number four, not caring what other people think. And number five, not worrying about the future. <laughs> this is a lot. This is not the self-care you signed up for, right? You were like, Paula, I just want to take a bubble bath. I just want to relax. This sounds like, this sounds like work. <laughs> I know <laughs> it always is. You guys, managing your mindset, managing your mental self-care, it's not easy. It takes work. It's something that we have to think about. And just like your physical self-care, it's ongoing. It's, it's a start where you are situation and build from there. If all of these sounded like outside of your normal range, your normal scope, my friends, you just start small and move forward. And for me, for me, I felt like the physical self-care was easier and the mental self-care was harder, but the mental self-care might be like absolutely easy to you, but the physical self-care that I just talked about was like, whoa, I don't know about all that. So whichever one feels easier for you, that's that's awesome. I'm I hopefully, hopefully one of the things on one of these two lists felt like, oh, I totally got that. I got that down but let's talk about them. Setting goals. Why in the world would that be self-care? My friends, setting goals, and I'm going to try and just synopsize here because I feel like I have, I feel like I've talked about it in almost every episode, but I don't know if I have just made like one specific episode where I only tell you about why you should set goals. I'm going to look that up. I, I don't feel like I've made an entire episode about that. And of course, that means that I'm going to at some point in the very near future. But anyways, I personally feel that setting goals is one of the nicest things that you can do for yourself because it puts you in a position of looking forward to the future, to being better, feeling better, having something that's better for yourself that you have to work towards. And I know that that work doesn't always sound like a gift to yourself, doesn't always sound like self-care, but I, you might have noticed during quarantine times 
that not having enough to do feels awful. That not being able to do things that you want to do feels frustrating and anxious and angering and all kinds of not pleasant feelings. Having something to look forward to is huge in our lives. And I want to, I really want to clarify that setting goals does not necessarily mean setting epic goals. This does not mean that you have to go out and run a marathon. This does not mean that you need to be aiming for a million subscribers on YouTube. Setting goals could be something as simple as I'm going to exercise for 20 minutes a day, five days this week. That's a goal. That's a, for, for somebody who is just starting out, who has never exercised before, that's a huge goal. That is epic. And obviously we're going to get to this later about not comparing, but it's, it is intrinsically related here to the setting goals. Don't worry about what anybody else thinks about your goal. Don't worry about how big your goal might seem in the grand scheme of things. Something that you look forward to is excellent self-care. It's excellent caring for yourself. Number two is honoring your word to yourself and others. This one, this one was hard for me. A couple, I'm going to say months ago now, but I don't remember the exact episode. I'll see if I can figure out exactly when I started talking about how I see myself as a procrastinator. And it was something that I realized that procrastinating made me feel bad, obviously because I wasn't getting things done, but it also felt bad because I wasn't taking care of myself. I was telling myself, okay, I want to get X, Y, and Z done, and then I was putting it off. I wasn't honoring what I had told myself I was going to do. I felt guilty about it. I felt kind of angry and resentful to myself about it. There was there was almost no upside, and not even almost, there was no upside to procrastinating the things that I had told myself. And as soon as I started thinking about getting my to-do list done as self-care, it started feeling a lot like drinking water. It started feeling a lot easier. It started feeling very loving to tell myself I was going to do something and then doing it. And the thing that I thought about most with this one specifically, I thought about how when my kids were little, you know how literal children are. You know, you tell them we're going to do something and they expect, they basically expect it to be right now, but they also really hold you to it for like a lot longer than you mean to if it kind of slides by the wayside. And I thought about how how that feels as a small child to have your mom say, we're going to go get ice cream, and then you don't go get ice cream. It's really frustrating and upsetting. And one of the nicest things that you can do for somebody when you promise them ice cream is to go get ice cream. And that's how I started thinking about honoring my word to myself. I started thinking about the self that I was honoring as as a small child that I had made a promise to, and it made it so much easier because, I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't like disappointing small children. It doesn't feel good. Honoring your words to yourself and others is, again, it's one of the most critical mental self-care habits that you can get into. And it is a habit. It is something that you can build up over time. 
like all of these things that we've talked about, starting small, starting where you are. For me, it was taking a critical look at my to-do list and paring it down to only things that I knew I would be able to do and then following through on doing those things. Now I have built up to the point where I am adding a little bit more than I think I might be able to do, but I know I know that I'm going to honor my word to myself, so I know I'm still going to get it done. And it feels amazing. This leads us, though, to forgiving yourself because there were years, years and years. I mean, I'm 50 and I'm just now at the point where I'm working on procrastination. And I guarantee that, I mean, I remember in high school specifically, but I'm sure even younger than that, procrastination has always been a thing for me. So forgiving myself for that has been a really important part of my self-care process. In fact, forgiving myself for everything. I don't know if I specifically said that when I read the list. I think I just said forgiving yourself, but the, the caveat there is forgiving yourself for everything. And I know that might feel a little overwhelming because it might, I mean, it might conjure up, uh, you know, hundreds of things that you're like, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't feel very good about that silly thing that I said or that time I made a mistake or all kinds of stuff. But here's the thing. Forgiving yourself has absolutely no downside. I know for a fact that we have talked about this. In fact, I will link to the entire episode where we talked about forgiveness. Well, I think we probably threw some other things in there too, but I, most of the episode was related to forgiving yourself. It is so, so, so freeing. I can't tell you enough how lovely it feels to forgive yourself. Because the thing is, you're not letting yourself off the hook. And I know that sometimes that's what we think of when we think about forgiveness. That if we're forgiving somebody else, it's like, but I don't want that other person to feel like their bad behavior is okay. Or even with yourself, I don't, I don't want myself to think that making mistakes is okay. But here's the thing about forgiving yourself. You are forgiving yourself for something you've already done. It's done. Whether you like that thing that's been done or not, it can't be undone. And carrying it around with you, feeling bad about it, does nothing good. Nothing. When you feel bad about yourself, you are not at your best. That is, that is emphatic, which is why I spaced it all out like that. It is 100% true that you are not operating at a hundred percent if you are not feeling good about yourself. So forgive yourself. Forgive yourself for things that are already done. And I'm going to leave that there for now because like I said, there is a whole episode where I go into that even more. It is, it is such a critical point of self-care that there is more to say, but but there's also more to talk about today. So let's talk about the next thing. Not caring what other people think. Ah, I know I've done an episode on this one too. Actually, I called it Stop Comparing Yourself to Others. Because I think that I think that thinking about what other people think for me tends to manifest as comparison, but sometimes it manifests as people pleasing or wanting to do what somebody else says, you know, because they've said it. So not caring what other people think 
sounds sounds like not caring, right? Isn't that the only part you heard? <laughs> and you're like, how is that mental self-care? Well, the thing is, it is mental self-care because you have absolutely no control over what other people think. This is, I mean, these last three things are all about realizing that you don't have control. The first two were about maintaining or, or getting control over yourself. Setting goals is being in control of what you want to do. Honoring your word to yourself and others is about being in control of what you do. Forgiving yourself, not caring what other people think, and not worrying about the future is all about letting go of the things that you don't have control over, which is such beautiful mental self-care. My friends, I know if you are anything like me that you think you want you want to control everything. I I very frequently refer to myself as a control freak. I would love love to be in charge of what people think and what they do and what they say and where they go and how they do things and really just the whole entire world. Wouldn't it be amazing if everybody just did what was right? And yet and yet, people don't. And letting go of the fact that other people are going to think what they are going to think about you, no matter what, no matter how much you try to please them, no matter how nice you try to be, no matter how much you try to do the things that you think somebody else wants you to do or not want you to do, you're still not in control of what they think. And letting go of that feels amazing. When you, when you can acknowledge that you do not have control over something, it really lets you focus on the things that you do have control over. And because you do have control over them, it helps you get better results. When you let go of what other people think, it frees up mental bandwidth to honor your word to yourself and others. It frees up mental bandwidth to set goals. It frees up your ability to do the physical self-care, to eat right and sleep right and rest and exercise and drink water and all those things. When you are not spending your day trying to control what other people think and say and do, you will have a lot of free time, my friends. <laughs> you will be surprised when you let go of caring about what other people think, how how much you have of yourself instead of constantly filling yourself with others. It's kind of amazing. And the thing about the not caring, I know that that's the part that you heard and you're like, but I do care. I care about other people. Of course you do. Of course you do. And that's why you should stop caring about what they think because you don't have control over that. You can care about and for people beautifully without thinking about what they think about it. You can care for people kindly, generously, wonderfully, and still not care what they think. Because as soon as you care what they think, then you actually stop caring about them. You're trying to do something nice because of what it'll get for you because you care about what they think. You want their praise. You want their acceptance. You want their love. You want whatever it is that you want from them. Ooh, not the same thing as caring for them. Kind of weird when you think about it like that, right? You will actually 
be more generous, more loving, more kind when you stop caring what other people think. And then, oh my gosh, this one's my favorite. My favorite! It's last on the list, but I don't know why. <laughs> like I said, they're all number one. Not worrying about the future. Now, I mean, we, we have talked a couple of times in recent episodes about how your brain is truly evolved to worry about the future. Like that's what you have a brain for is to worry about the future. <laughs> but I will tell you that it is a beautiful act of mental self-care to let that go. You have absolutely zero control over how everything's going to work out. You have some control over what you do, how you behave, the things you are currently doing, such as setting goals, honoring your word to yourself, exercising, sleeping, etc. the things that we talked about that you have control over. But the fact is, you don't have any control over exactly where those are all going to shake down in the grand scheme of things. And worrying about how they're all going to shake down is taking a lot of mental bandwidth. I know that you have noticed that in the time of coronavirus, that, that worrying about the future does you almost no good. It truly does not help you perform your day-to-day -day activities. It does not help you feel good. It doesn't even necessarily help you make great decisions. Worrying about the future is, is pretty useless. And being able to let that go, one of the hardest lessons of my life. I mean, I, I think of myself as a worrier. I think of myself as somebody who is very, very capable of going immediately to the worst case scenario. I feel like we've even talked about this, how if, if I'm going to think about the future, I'm going to think something bad is coming. <laughs> and, and that's very easy for me to get in that mode. So working on that has been really important to my self-care. Realizing that, that all I can do is what I am doing right now and letting go of exactly how I want that to turn out or worrying about how it might turn out has been really helpful to getting better results. Honestly, in a lot of ways, I'm thinking specifically of my business goals. When I am focusing not on how things might turn out or how maybe even how I want them to turn out or how badly they could turn out or how things might go in the future, letting go of that has helped me focus on what I am doing in the moment. And when I'm focused on what I'm doing in the moment, oh, look at that. I'm honoring my word to myself and I'm getting more done. I'm thinking about how things might turn out well in the future by setting goals and working towards them. It's amazing how letting go of things that you don't control, things like the past, things like the future, and things like other people, is so, so freeing and gives you the results that you're kind of hoping for without coming at it through the resistance or the worrying or the anxiety. Now, I know that this was a lot to think about today, and truly any one of these items, as we talked about, could be an entire podcast in and of itself. 
but I wanted to give you an overview today of managing your self-care and thinking about self-care in maybe a different way. I mean, not just the specifics of the list, but thinking about how you care about yourself. And I'd really, you know, that I want to know, how do you care for yourself? Are there things on this list that, that hadn't occurred to you? Are there more things that I missed? I would always love to know about that. Are there things that you are doing or not doing anymore that you are finding feels like, like a deep caring for yourself? I love it when we have these conversations. I mean, there's places to find me all over social media. There's links in the description, no matter where you're watching or listening. There are absolutely ways. There are ways to get to me, my friends. And I do hope that you do, because I love hearing from you. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I'll talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.